Conjunction with Deep Experience Revival Level introduced to you God's Word, His simplicity and power, which is able to save and give you eternal inheritance through God's servant, Pastor Colopri. God bless you as you listen. To our Father, please help us again today. We look up to you. Our help can only come from you. Our hope is in you. We ask you, Son of God, that you reveal even yourself to us in a new way that we have never known you. Let our heart never shift out of you to anything, but let it settle with you in confidence, O Lord. Let our heads be lifted up, O Lord, of all the worries of this world, the cares of life, the burdens and the sorrows and the troubles of life, Cause our heart to know the peace that comes from Jesus Christ. We plead with you today that you do a quick work in us. Help everyone and each of us, O Lord, and cause us, O Lord, to settle even with this truth that we are found in Christ alone. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we are prayed. I want to beg us, please, it's all about encounter. It's not about head knowledge. If we gather head knowledge, it will not help us. But when it becomes an encounter, it makes all the difference in the whole world. You see, that becomes your life. All we labor here is to see that whatever God is saying to us becomes our life. It's a life. We are not saying that we have arrived. We have not arrived. That's why we always come before Him, so that we can grow to be like Him. We are still striving to be like Christ. Hallelujah. We look at this again discuss the various seeming conflicts you discover are the scriptures called joseph a prosperous man genesis 39 can we just look at it very brief then we take our leave from that place genesis 39 verse 2 and the lord was with joseph and he was a prosperous man and he was in the house of his master the egyptian the lord was with joseph and he was a prosperous man. NIV, and the Lord was with Joseph, and he prospered, and he lived in a house of Potiphar. Hallelujah. Okay, he was a prosperous man. Let's look at again Genesis 39, verse 20. Then we look at again down to 23. He said, But the Lord was with Joseph, and showed him mercy, and gave him favor, in the sight of the keeper of the prisoner, and the keeper of the prisoner committed to Joseph and all the prisoners that were in the prison. And whatsoever they did there, he was the doer of it. The keepers of the prisoner looked not to anything that was under his hand. Because the Lord was with him. And that which he did, the Lord made it to do what? To prosper. Hallelujah. Now we use these scriptures to establish that God, first of all, defined Joseph as a prosperous man. What made God call Joseph prosperous? Because God was with him. Is it because he have car? Is it because he have house? Is it because he's working in oil company? Is it because the salary is being paid every month comes in dollar or in euro? Is it because he's living abroad? Now, God was with him, and God's aid is prosperous. Now, we discover that God's definition of prosperity is different from the definition of prosperity in the world. And that is one thing we must understand and understand it well, because it looks as if it's a little matter, but it's never a little matter at all. It's a serious matter that if we ever neglect it, honestly speaking, there's no difference between we and the people of the world. We must drive it into our heart and allow it to settle that place 
God's definition of prosperity is not the world's definition of prosperity. God's definition of prosperity is that God with a man, a man carrying the presence of God, a man carrying the presence of God, a man carrying God around. So for God, that is what he calls prosperity. But for man, we don't call that prosperity. What we call prosperity is when we have built houses. We have cars. Or we have companies. And we get people employed. That's when we can say, this man is prosperous. And God wants us to understand that our disciples, if truly we are following Jesus, to understand that this thing that we call prosperity is no prosperity in the eyes of God. That must be settled. So that we will not follow the world and chase what they are chasing. So that we can know what to focus our mind and our attention on. Now, for example, as we look at this scripture, then we begin to also define what this prosperity that God is talking about is all about. Luke chapter 12, verse 15. Hallelujah. We'll look at Luke 12, 15 from other translations to get a better understanding. And he said unto them, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for a man's life consisted not in the abundance of the things which he possessed. He said, take heed. Jesus was the one talking. Jesus said to them, take heed, beware of covetousness. For a man's life consisted not in the abundance of things which he possessed. For a man's life does not consist in the abundance of things which he possessed. You look at Jesus Pointing at things again. Please note this. Very important. So that somebody will not say, these people are going to make you to be poor. Because that's what most of those pastors are saying now. Under translation, good news. He went on to say to them all, which people was he talking to please? Which people was Jesus talking to? He was talking to his disciples. Christ carefully called the disciples and said, sit down. Let me teach you something that is very important. It's not the crowd. Jesus wasn't talking to the crowd here. There are messages that the crowd might receive and they'll be jumping up. But when it comes to life, Jesus will separate his own and teach them life proper. He went on to say to them all, watch out and guard yourself from every kind of greed because your true life is not made up of the things which you own no matter how rich you may be jesus talking to them please did you get all these scriptures we need to get something balanced here and you could see jesus he was emphatic about this he wasn't saying this in a person it was a message that he gathered the disciples and said, listen, this is important that you should be very, very careful about this. Because if you are not careful about this, you get yourself into a big mess. You get yourself into a big mess. Please, children of God, if God's definition of prosperity is that anyone who carries God, who is full of God, hmm? Who carries God's presence is the one that is prosperous. Please, what kind of church are we supposed to be building today? Between the one that carries God's presence, that is full of God, and the one who have his ADCs and noises making everywhere, when he comes to the church, please, who is the pastor supposed to be looking at? As I'm talking to you in the body of Christ, we can't even differentiate those who carry God and those who they call prosperous. That actually those who God said, listen, these ones, they are prosperous. Nobody wants to know about it. They will even ask you, is that prosperity we are talking about? That's not the kind of prosperity we are talking about. We need cash. 
what we are talking about is cash, cash now. You are talking about good there. We know you can speak in tongues. We know you are. We know you carry God. But go behind. Want to finish building our house. Please, all the people that have cash come in front. Please, is somebody following me? Is that not what we are seeing in the body of Christ today? It's a matter of <laughs> heaven who keep asking, what is the hope of this present church if we will not return back to this truth that we are found in Christ alone? With this, we can see that the truth that we are found in Christ is gradually moving away. For some, it has moved away completely. It has moved away completely. We went to a burial. And this man brought out the word of God. That day it was hot. Come and see God's word flowing. And lo and behold, when we were expecting this man to call for water call, we saw the man change immediately. He started watering the whole thing. Before we know, the man started launching. With wonderful message he has finished. Time to win the souls of men. A fact as of then, I have mistaken him, thinking that he's prosperous. I have said this man is really prosperous. Hallelujah. So we have men like this in the village itself. Praise God. Ah, what an opportunity. I look at the people I came with. Many of them bowed down their heads. I say, God, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. One of them will do like this. Before you know, the man changed. We heard that the former governor of Anambra State came. As soon as he came in, ha! it's like they fired the man. The man jumped out of the pulpit. He went straight to the man. Where I was, I said, God, what is wrong? And every other person that the word of God has already hit, they started laughing. Everybody started laughing. And the two men near us, this man is wasting our time. And where I was, I shook my head. When would the people of God define what prosperity is? If that man had actually passed through the teachings of Christ, wouldn't he have defined what prosperity is? Wouldn't that man have defined this one is prosperity, this one is not prosperity? That was why our brother David, when he saw the prosperity of the wicked, he said, my leg almost slipped. But when I came back to the sanctuary, God showed me the full picture of these people. And from that day, I said, go your way. He started celebrating his God again. If we cannot be able to strike a balance now, now, that we have not become casualties of these things, honestly speaking, there will be a problem. Big problem in our lives. And we look at God, the almighty God, Defining Joseph as prosperous and successful. Prosperous. Why? Just because he's carrying God. He has become a container. An embodiment of God. That wherever he appears, God is there. Even in the prison. Anywhere that even the people around would notice. That since this man entered here, everything changed. And God started defining it again. Please, can we just go through that scripture again? Luke 12, verses 15. He says, speaking to the people, he went on. Take care. Protect yourself against the least bit of greed. He said, take care. Protect yourself against the least bit of greed. Life is not defined by what you have. Even when you have a lot. Life is not defined. That many people have defined life to be that. I went to a church. Because they were building house. They arranged message every Sunday. And they import pastors. To come and weary the people in the church. And they keep wearying us. I tap my wife. I say I'm going on. Because we can see. These ones don't have anything to tell us again. It's the pocket of the people there. As soon as one man from the government comes, the man will stop preaching. We want to recognize the speaker of the house. He just entered now. Can we say praise God? That means they are telling Jesus, wait, let's recognize this, but then you can continue saying what you want to say. That's what they are telling Jesus. You wait. If we finish recognizing the man, okay, Jesus, we have finished recognizing the man. We look at 
God Almighty defining prosperity. So you know this is what true prosperity is. That all the gimmicks we have seen, all these so-called programs upon program that we have seen many try to organize as if they want to empower you, they say it's empowerment program. There's nothing empowering there. Please, children of God, did you see how Joseph finished? Did he finish badly? He entered the prison, it's true, but did he finish badly? Was he going for program upon program? No. Was Joseph traveling from Lagos to Ebado, Ebado to London, London to Japan, program? Anywhere he sees that one big man of God is preaching, he will appear there. Anointing, please place anointing on my head. So for him, one thing became very important. Possessing God. Possessing God. For him, he decided to have a single eye. For him, he had the understanding that I have caught what it takes to arrive to my destination. And what is that? God. God. Who has become my inheritance? Who has become my portion? Who has become my own? And we see God. Look at what God is saying to us. What we are seeing now and what we are discussing from Luke 12 verses 15, please. Is it not contradicting the understanding of men today? Is it not contradicting it? So where did we get our own from? Where did we get what we are doing and how we think, how we reason from? Are we not reading the Bible? Are we not hearing Christ speaking to us? So what are we pursuing? What are we pursuing? Why is our heart not at rest? So Jesus called his disciples and showed them that. Look at again. We'll still come back there a little. Look at Luke 16 verses 11. God speaking about faithfulness. He said, if therefore you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who commit to your trust through riches? Who will commit to your trust the true riches? In the first place, ask them, do they know what they call true riches? They don't even understand what they call true riches. In fact, those days, what they thought of that true riches is when the thing increases. That is when you are not thinking about money again. And here, Jesus is saying something that contradicts it. He said, even when you have a lot, that is not how to define that you are prosperous. That is not how to define that you have the life. That is not, even if you are sending the whole people in Nigeria abroad with your money, pay all their school fees without anybody assisting you, that still has not defined that you are prosperous in the sight of God. And God showed us. He said, these ones, how can they get through riches? How can they actually get God as that true riches? Inheritance we are talking about. God becoming the true riches. How can they? They are not faithful. You know at times the way you see and the way you understand things can make you unfaithful. How do we know that? Jesus now showed to us that 12, 12, 15. Let me show you something there. For you to understand what God calls unfaithfulness. What God calls unfaithfulness is what? Covetousness. You know God calls covetousness unfaithfulness. So how do you want to get through riches? When your eye is moving, it's not settled with God. Beware. Don't always be wishing. So somebody say, to wish is a crime. Somebody's wishing. It's not a crime now. Why can't I be wishing? Wishing for what you don't have. No car that passed that you will not pass and saw Kennedy Henka. Before you finish saying that one, you go to a the market, you just see one clue. You come back from Obwetema market. You go to some other person's office. It's in the office in Barate Ebudi. Twenty-four hours. He's wishing for what he doesn't have. He's wishing for what he doesn't have. Why is all these wishes? Because in the first place, he has not seen God. 
Now, if actually you are faithful and you have God as your possession, knowing that the earth is the loss and the fullness, please, if you see those things, how will you behave? Did you see how Joseph was behaving? Was he moved one day for the flashy cars, the good clothes, and wonderful house, and good dishes, and all the gold and silver of Potiphar and the wife? Did that move him one day? Did he hide one one day? Was he envying anybody there? So when a child of God begin to wish for that which he don't have, what does that connote? He's no more faithful. What does that connote? He's no more content with this inheritance that God said I have given to you that is God himself. Let me show you some of that thing that will make you to understand what I'm saying better. Let me show you where every man is driving to. I will show you where everybody is pursuing. And they call that thing rest. And they never knew it's not rest. One bit. Luke chapter 12. Let's go down a little. Verse 16. Let's see that living Bible again. And good news. Let's see this one and see whether we we'll get what we are looking for from that place. Living Bible. 16. Jesus gave them an illustration. A rich man had a fertile farm that produced fine crops. Fat overflowing. Did you understand what I'm saying? Is it not where everybody is trying to go to overflow and pastor will be vibrating on it? You will get to overflow. Overflow. I will sit back, say to myself, friend, enough stored away for years to come. Relax now. Please be honest. Is it not where everybody's laboring to get to? But it's the most dangerous place. Every labor. When will we relax and start whining? Take it easy. Wine. Women. And song for you. God said a foolish man. Good news. Jesus told them this parable. There was once a rich man. This is what I would do. He told himself. I will tear down my bounds. I will build bigger one. Where I will store the grain and order of my goods. I will say to myself lucky man. Lucky man. Level don't change. And look at the Lord Jesus, what he said. He was watching him. I will say to myself, lucky man, all the good things you need for many years. Take this life easy. Eat it. Drink it. Enjoy yourself. But God said to him, you fool, this very night, there's something he said. And Jesus, look at his conclusion of that. This is how it is. Now, the ministers converted this and said to be rich in God's house is to bring all your wealth. Uh -uh. Being rich is God being inside you. Full of God. Full of God. Carrying God about. Being satisfied with him. Carrying God about. Even with your slippers. Carrying God about. With one shirt. Carrying God. Be conscious of this. Conscious of this. Listen, children of God, if we won't understand this, hey, something has happened to us bad. Something bad has happened to us. That is why you see today, even in the body of Christ, the neglect that has made many children of God who actually carry God, you see them, they move away from the church. Many of them has moved away from the church. Because they are those ones they use. They love the Lord. Those ones that are bringing money, they use them to serve them. You see where they are promoting them on the altar. I went for a meeting one day. My intestine was turning. The way a man of God was promoting a man, the promotion get out of hand. And there are brethren who comes morning after night, who trick from the house to come, who labor, who labor for the name of the Lord. Nobody has ever said a word to them, even to say thank you. Who comes to wash? Who comes to our? Uh, who goes to the toilet? If they hold meeting seven days, they are there sweeping, washing, cleaning everywhere, rejoicing without any complaint because they love the Lord. With all their heart, they are bouncing up and down, celebrating is our God. <laughs> And those ones, because of little cash, because the pastor can call them and say, come, please, one of our sisters need a job. 
can you give her a job? He said, yes, don't worry, pastor, just tell her to come. And unfortunately, when that sister goes there, before you know, we'll start hearing one thing or the other. The sister will not come back unmaimed. The sister comes back with some man. What is the Lord saying to us? Because we don't understand. Can we today post a young sister, a young brother, to a brother that we know is full of God, but is doing one small business, and say, go and stay with that brother, he will help you. We look at it and say, what is with Hallelujah. And God started speaking to us, and said to us, no, it cannot go that way. We are disciples of Christ, must come to this understanding. We must understand this truth. If we don't understand it, we'll still be jumping up and down thinking there's anything. Look at that again. We quickly go to Genesis. Hallelujah. Praise God. In what way did Joseph maintain this inheritance? In what ways did he maintain this inheritance? What did it cost him? In order for him to maintain this costly inheritance that he has found called God. In what way? Genesis 39. Let's look at 7 to 16. And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph and she said, Lie with me. But he refused and said unto his master's wife, Behold, my master wanted not what is with me in the house and he had committed all that he had to my hand. There is none greater in this house than I. Neither had he kept back anything from me but thee. Because thou art his wife. How can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? How can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? 10. And it came to pass, as he spake to Joseph day by day, that he hearkened not unto her, to lie by her, or to be with her. Please note that. To lie or to be. <laughs> These are two things. To lie or to be. Being can lead to lying. Even being like this, they lie like 100 meters. As soon as Joseph sees the woman from this side, he will move this way. The woman will say, why? Come, come. No. Madam, stay there. This is my route today. <laughs> they say this route, you're the woman will say, this route you're taking is not the way you're taking backyard. He said, no problem. Let me take the backyard. I'll go around and come out at the front yard. And the Bible recorded, the Bible was careful about this. He said to lie by her or to be with her. Not even to be with her will be talking. Will be talking to me. Many children of God that lost their inheritance, it's not actually that they want to, but they don't have the wisdom of God. They don't know that when they come to say, flee, that's what the Bible says. <laughs> Grow wings immediately and do what? Fly. So for Joseph, he had to keep this inheritance. Let's continue. Verse 11. And it came to pass about this time that Joseph went into the house to do his business and there was none of the men of the house there with him. And she caught him by his garment saying, lie with me. And he left his garment in her hand and fled and got him out. And it came to pass when she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and was fled forth that she called unto the men of the house and speak unto them saying, See, he had brought in an Hebrew into us to mock us. He came in unto us to lie with me and I cried with a loud voice and it came to pass. When he heard that I lifted up my voice and cried that he left his garment with me and fled and got him out. And she laid up his garment by her until his Lord came home. We can see very clear what this man passed through in order to keep his what? Heritage. We can see what he passed through. For Joseph knew quite well. This is all that I need. So I am ready to pay any price to keep this one. I'm not ready to negotiate. I'm not ready to bargain. I'm not ready to give the slightest chance for anything to collect this inheritance that I have. If anything collects it, what else will I do? My life is finished. Is it this little portion that she will start giving me? She will start controlling my life. 
She'll call me tomorrow and say, meet me at the other hotel. If you don't meet me, I'll set you up. She'll call me the other day again and say, how much do you need? Take $200,000. Is it $200,000 as my life? When I have the God that can give me the whole nation to rule. When I have the God that can give me the whole nation to rule. Children of God, how I wish we will quickly return to God. How I wish we will stop bargaining with this rubbish that the wicked flashes. And unfortunately, in most of our churches, that is the same thing they flash. That's the same thing they flash. How can you imagine? Every day we'll be praying that the children of God, they will go for interview and get job. Do you know when we open their eyes, they see that the art is the loss and the fullness thereof? Do you know they will confidently walk into jobs? If God said that one is your own, they will walk into it. For the art is the loss and the fullness thereof. Since you have understood that I am your portion and you have kept me carefully just like Joseph. You didn't want to lose me for anything. Not for anything. You never bargained for anything to lose me. You kept me. That was the secret that the man was with. His eyes was too single on God. That the beauty of Potiphar's wife cannot confuse him. The perfume of the woman could confuse him. But whenever they move our eyes and focus it on these things that we can see today, tomorrow it moves out of our hand. All you know is that when they are talking about the people that have it, you say I'm there. At least I am free from shame. In the village, I have house. In the town, I have house. At least I'm free from shame. If I die, the children will see that if you die and you didn't have God as your inheritance, where are you going to? Where will you go to? So God is showing us, look at this young man. What he passed through. He stood for him. He knew the implication. He knew that this thing might land me a place where it might be tough. But he keeps saying, Lord, thou art my inheritance. I will keep you forever, even unto death. Let me go all the way. I will suffer, but I will keep you. He'll be crying. I didn't do it all. I didn't do it all. Because he didn't have anybody he will call on the phone. There's nobody to call. A slave. Nobody to call. No connection. Is it his father he will start calling? So who will he call? Nobody to call. The only one he has is God. Nobody to call. No connection. Nobody. Nobody. That's why most of the time we pick our phone making useless calls. That has made God to walk away from us. He allowed us. He said, okay, you are sparking up more fire and more lights. Keep sparking it. Only what you receive is sorrow. You keep receiving more sorrow. You keep receiving more sorrow. You keep receiving more sorrow. Why not quench it and stay with me like Joseph? Did you ever see the Bible record that Joseph made one call? And the man said, I'm coming. Eventually, he didn't come. At least you say, at least he made a call. But he didn't make any call. Who will he call? No, who will he call there? Who does he know? Only God. So why is it that you yourself, you are calling many people? You are running to many people. You are looking at many people. And God keeps saying, I have become your inheritance. Do you understand? Because of the little trial we are passing through, our eyes quickly left God. And we focus it on things. And we start pursuing and start making useless and hopeless calls. Oh, how I wish we would catch the sin and have rest. Don't limit God. God had to feed his servant through a widow. The widow verified. God at the time had to feed even his servant through a raven. God can use anything to supply the need of his people. For the art is the loss and the fullness thereof. So that the people can come and receive the gospel and they will not have the sense that you are beginning to sell the gospel. If every meeting you must drop offering, oh God, we are beginning to sell this thing. And in no times there is a day that the meeting will be so charged, you will give more offering. So this message is higher money <laughs> message. <laughs> we are not saying that offering is not good. Understand what I'm saying? But if you are giving it willingly, as the Lord has done what? Moved you. Did you understand what I'm saying? As you are giving it willingly from your heart, not having a full understanding that in every meeting there must be 
offering, even when you are not willing to give. You know, most of the meetings you are not willing. You don't want to embarrass yourself. Unwilling offering is not accepted by God. Any offering you give unwillingly is not accepted. And any offering you didn't give with a heart of joy, celebration, to honor God is not accepted. So even here, I teach you so that you will not give and God will not bless you. You give celebrating him. You give to honor your father. You give to rejoice because he has offered himself to you. You give it willingly. Is it not God that causes men both to will and to do of his own pleasure? And that is what God is asking us to return back to. How will we return? Until we see what he's saying. Until we see the provision he has made for us. Oh, what a glorious one. That God Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth, say, I am your own. Ah, I shall rest. It's enough. I shall rest. It's enough. I shall rest. I don't need to be making calls. I don't need to be making calls. We should labor for people to understand. Whenever they come to understand, honestly, they will become a slave for God. They will give all that they have to God. Their time, their strength. When they know, they're not trying to maneuver. They're not trying to play games with their life. I went to one meeting like that. In fact, after that one, I left. I left. I left that place. I say, car, wonderful message. Because they'll first come with wonderful message. Then they will now end it up with collecting the money of it. The man stood there immediately and raised seven million. Seven million naira. He stood there and raised seven million naira. And people were trooping out. Ask me. I saw that it's not a willing giving. But the man came and told them, anyone that give a cup of water to the prophet of God, he said the same reward for the, is that what Jesus was saying there? So they give scripture a wrong interpretation and move people to give against their wish. And they get back home and start playing their home. We never say that giving is not good. No, that's not what we are saying. But there is biblical way of what? Of giving. So that God can return back to you in multiple folds. So the first way of making even our giving to be reasonable is when we have the giving first and now seek God to possess him. So all that you labor should be to possess God. All that you labor should be to possess him. When you possess God, you will labor for God. We are not saying God cannot use anybody. If the person that God did not send to give to you, one, is giving you out of pity. Number two, if he gives you, you collect, God will block the one he wants to give you. And you know that any time God gives, his own is always bigger and higher. Don't you see that? So I prayed one prayer. I said, Lord, let anyone that you did not send never come near me. Let him not bring anything to me. Let it be only those you send. Our brother shared with us. He said in one meeting, and as he was trusting the Lord, a brother came. They said, this thing you're doing. This thing you're doing. You better face realities. Realities. There's nothing on ground. And two days to the meeting, you will face reality. Let's tax ourselves and get money for this. He said, no. The Lord will do what? Will provide. <laughs> He was waiting for the Lord to provide two days to the meeting. He said the evening of that day, he said, come and see. People started coming. A woman came. The Lord spoke to me. He says, you mean the Lord spoke to you? They collected that one. Before you know, another group chattered moto and carried full stops and got and said, the Lord told us there's a meeting. They drop it. Before you know, he said, food became ice. Remaining only meat. They are still looking up to God. Before you know, in the evening, a man brought two big goats and dropped it. As they dropped the big goats, the brother came again and said, brother, how far? He said, everything is in place now, brother. Come and see. He said, when the brother saw the whole thing, he said, the brother was humbled. Look at the way he was walking. He said, brother, can I still bring down my goat? He said, the Lord won't need it again. You see, everything is now complete. The Lord will not need it again. 
Don't you want such kind of life of people who has possessed God? Who knows the implication of one possessing God? That the earth is the loss and the fullness thereof. Because you are depending on them. That if they did not provide, your life is scattered. Who told you that? Many places God wanted you to resign from. You have refused. Why? Because you feel if you are resigned here, what will I do? Even when you pray, God still resign. I will take care of you. Refuse. You say no. Hallelujah. What will sin do to this our heritage? Isaiah 59 verse 1 2. What will sin do to it? Look at what sin will do to it. Isaiah 59. Verse 1 and 2. Ha. Behold, the lost hand is not shortened that he cannot save. Neither his ear heavy that he cannot hear. 2. But your iniquity have separated between you and your God. And your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. So when we say, but your iniquity, what does that mean, please? Your iniquity. Somebody might say, it's fornication. Is you, is you? <laughs> but when they say iniquity, is fornication. Adultery. Stealing. You don't know there is no iniquity. In fact, the, where iniquity started coming from is unbelief. Revelation chapter 21 verse 8. He said the fearful and don't believe in. He said they have the same place. Womongers. Adolators. Every one of them. He said they have common place. And somebody said fear. Is fear that will make you not to accept God as what your possession. And be satisfied with him. Is unbelief that will make you not to settle with God and be content with him. Look at the scripture. Revelation 21 verse 8. It started with the fearful. But the fearful. The unbelieving. Why should God classify the fearful and unbelieving? Why wouldn't God separate it? If the fearful. That one is not a sin. If that is not a sin. But the fearful and the unbelieving. And the abominable. And murderers. And warmongers. Sorcerers. Idolaters. And all liars shall have the same place. God said they all have the same yes. They are heading to the same path. The fearful, the unbelieving, the fearful and the unbelieving. So, it is that fear that makes a man if you are offering him God, he say, God, man, I have none anyway. Can I offer him? Do you know the fearful must give bribe? Please, may I tell you something? The unbelieving Anything you tell them to do, they will do what? They will do. The fearful among the ladies can sleep with a man. The fearful, he can sleep. The unbelieving, they can sleep. The fearful, the unbelieving. So that was why God said, the fearful, the unbelieving, I classify them and these people, they are one. They are the same. Because they will be afraid of what they will eat. Anybody who is afraid of the food he will eat can never ever stand for truth. If it's two days, it will change. If he can keep the hunger for one month, you might think he's trying. It will change. Two more years I've tried. Fearful. Unbelief. So you might think he's following. He's following. He's following to the extent where his own power can carry him. I don't want to follow again. It's okay. Until you wait for God to stretch it. And keep that life. So that fear will go completely. Now finally. We look at this. We must get out of anything causing. The hand of our God is not short. His ear is not dull that he can hear. He can hear us expressly. As soon as you kneel down he will hear. But check fear. Check doubt. Check unbelief. I know a child of God is smart enough. He don't want to get into the sin of fornication. I you understand it? But this one. You see this one? Fearful. You see this fear? It can torment somebody. You see doubt, unbelief? What your eyes is see, once you start seeing it, you start breathing fast. Before you know, you take a wrong decision. Hallelujah. May God deliver somebody from fears. May God deliver somebody from unbelief. In the name of Jesus. What was the physical result of Joseph's pursuit of God? Genesis 41, 16. Then 38 to 44. And Joseph answered Pharaoh saying, It is not in me. 
God shall give Pharaoh an answer of peace. 38 to 44. And Pharaoh said unto his servants, Can we find such a one as this is? A man in whom the Spirit of God is. 39. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, For as much as God has showed thee all this, there is none so district and wise as thou art. Thou shalt be over my house, and according unto thy word shall all my people be ruled. Only in the throne will I be greater than thou. I have set thee over all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh took off his ring from his hand and put it upon Joseph's hand. And I read him in vestures of fine linens and put a gold chain about his neck. And he made him to ride in a second chariot, which he had. And they cried before him, bowed knee. And he made him ruler over all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, I am Pharaoh, and without thee, shall no man lift his finger or foot in all the land of Egypt. In all the land of Egypt. Do you want this kind of blessing? Or do you want to be scratching? Scratching. That is the result of the people who don't want to possess God as their possession, as their inheritance. So we saw how Joseph ended. Did he end badly? Please, did he end badly? I say, you will not end badly. If only we will understand what God is saying to us. And stop playing games. And settle with God alone. Be satisfied with him. If it means trick it, trick. If it means tricking, trick. Anything, do. As God is commanding you, do it. Hunger, be hungry. Food without salt, eat it like that. The trial must come. Not one small trial. You are looking at your home. All your chairs, they are tearing apart. All your leather chairs, they are tearing apart. Your fridge is no more working. Your gas cooker, no gas. Nothing has happened. The oven that you used to make cake has quenched. And you start complaining. And to compound the matter, if you go to church, pastor will say, if you don't have money, you are not a good child of God. Then he can And we say, better amen. Hallelujah. Whether you are poor or rich, if God is with you, you are a prosperous man. But whether you are poor or rich, if God is not with you, you are not prosperous. True prosperity will draw men to you because you have what they don't have. It does not matter whether you are physically rich or poor because Joseph had God as his own possession. It was impossible for Potiphar to rough handle him. That will also be your experience if you make the issue of pleasing God and possessing him your pursuit in life. Joseph feared God and hated iniquity. This way, he was able to maintain his inheritance. It caused him his integrity, yet he did not defend himself. He trusted God who judged righteously. The biggest threat to this great possession of ours is sin. Joseph knew that the secret of his prosperity is not in physical things, but in possessing the presence of God. Sin makes a man to lose the presence of God. To lose God means to become poor. So, he was willing to lose physical possessions and get himself pure so as to keep holding and having God. Sin may knock at your door in a various ways, but you must refuse each time. Are we saying amen? If sin takes somebody to prison, you will stay there. Can we pray now? Can we just cry to heaven today? It's a matter that we cannot just wave like that. We must give it a deep thought. We must ask God today to please help our life to defend what we are pursuing. Lord, help me today again. Recover me back. Recover me back. Help me to beware of covetousness. Help me, Lord. Delete everything in my heart, O Lord, that wants to possess things out there. That's why so many ministers, every day, they make us to say, I claim it. I claim it. Every day you are claiming what is not your own. They say, claim it. You claim it. Has it come since you have been claiming it? They say, claim the house. You claim. Claim the car. You claim. claim the plane. You don't even have it. And they are not planning to come. 
He doesn't come by claiming. He comes by possessing God. Who owns all those things? He comes by possessing God. Who owns all things? Get my heart off all these things. Let it settle on you alone. Get my heart off all this competition. Get my heart off all this serve. Get my heart off all this fight. Lord, help me. To settle my heart, O oh Lord, on the true gospel of Christ, who is the creator of heaven and earth, let him become my possession. I have engaged myself into so many battles. I am struggling so that this person will not be bigger than me and my family. I am struggling so that this person can know that yes, I am serving God. Who told you that? I am struggling so that all of my brothers will not insult me. They will know that God is faithful that we are serving. Who told you that? God is saying, settle for me. Possess me. Let them say whatever they want to say. They say so many things about Joseph. But yet, he retained God as his inheritance. Can you pray and say, Lord, please help my life. Enough of this gambling. Enough of these jokes. Enough of I do know. Enough of these things. Help me to settle down with you. Help me to stop running health as skater. Help me to look away from the congregation. Help me not to look into their pocket. But to look unto you. For the ministry you have called me to. And see the things that these things have cost us. Our heart is shaking. Our heart is afflicted. Worry has set in. And ambitions. Ha, Lord, get all these things off my heart. Let my heart know peace. You can never fail me. You are ever dependable. You are ever reliable. You can provide for us. How many are we? You that fed 5,000. You fed 4,000. Let the gather two baskets. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we are prayed. I know you are blessed by the message you just received. We encourage you to join our Open Heaven meetings, connecting to God's help every first of the month, 5 p.m. Deep Experience with Jesus every Saturday, 5 p.m. And our life-transforming seminars for all in Sports Circle at Sue E23, C2C Plaza, Bucketty Road, Enugu, Nigeria. Visit our Facebook page, Savior of Destiny Total Sports Ministry, Instagram at Savior T Sports, Twitter at Savior Total, WhatsApp number 090-60222330, email Savior of Destiny Total Sports Ministry at gmail.com. You are blessed.